A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have first-hand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshalls online at mosquitomarshalls.com. Mosquito Marshalls, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshalls. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. No Colin Brister with me today. Got two great guests, Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director, Ole Miss Baseball signee Calvin Harris in just a little bit. But first, in the guest co-host chair is Brian Scott Rippey. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, prepping for the weekend, getting some uh, chipping done in the backyard, mainly because I have nothing better to do. Brian Scott Rippey is coming over to my fair town of New Albany to join me for a two-man scramble. Chase Parham coming, too. They're going to be playing at Oaks Country Club in New Albany. It's big time. Hell yeah. I didn't even charge an appearance fee. Yeah. You're big time. You're good, though, right? <laughs> like you're going to carry us. <laughs> I don't know about that. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. But I'll, uh, I'll do my best, and if not, I will, uh, I'll make sure the cooler's empty. What do you do well on a golf course? What's always there? Um, Generally, I'm a pretty good iron player because I don't hit the ball very far. And uh, with the frequency that I play, which probably is not the case now because I've played more golf during this quarantine than I probably have in the last two years combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the short game is always erratic. So that's getting better just from playing it all the time. But normally I'm pretty accurate uh, iron player just because if I don't, I'm screwed. Because being good. short and inaccurate is a pretty rough combo out on, the, out on the golf course. I've started to completely avoid my three and four iron. I just can't hit them. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah, those are uh, those are tough. It's hard to get those like between the contact and the type of uh, shot you want to hit. It's it's hard to mesh the two. That's the deal with quarantine. Everybody's just finding something that keeps them from losing their sanity. Well, golf's the perfect thing to do it because, and I've had this like pretty much every weekend I've gone and played just because it kills four hours. And then like if you're lucky and like you're playing slow or you're hanging out afterward or whatever, it can kill five or six. It's just if not like. I'm not like a big hiker guy. I hate exercising, even though I like do jog most of the time. Like I just, I like I don't know what else to do. How else do you kill a Saturday when you're not when nothing's open and you're not allowed to do anything? Well, you piss me off, and we've talked about this before, but I'll say it right here on this podcast. He pisses me off because he can eat whatever he wants, never exercise, and he doesn't gain a pound. Meanwhile, I eat a grape and I gain ten. 
Oh, you want to hear a story that's really going to make you even more mad than this happened to me yesterday or two, oh. I guess it's been two days ago. Oh so I'm the oldest of uh, oldest of uh, three brothers. So like I was fortunate enough to have like the whole uh, even though I'm out on my own now, obviously, but like even towards the end of college, like uh, still doing like the parents do the stocking thing and all of that. So it's like stocking stuffers for Christmas uh, in order and other than getting fast food gift cards, which I've told you about. I also got a bunch of Uber gift cards and I just am terrible about cashing them. Like you can put Uber gift cards, like any other gift cards, just credit on your Uber account. So I was cleaning out my desk yesterday in my, uh, in my room and found $300 of uncashed Uber cards. And so now I've just been Uber eating every meal and it doesn't really matter what it is, just whatever's available. I'm going to eat it on there. I had Thai food, burgers, thinking about Chick-fil-A today. It's been a great, great couple of days since I found this. Meanwhile, I have started. How's that back, kale salad? Yeah, I've started back ketoing, so I'm really happy. I'm really <laughs> thrilled. And this weekend, I'm playing with Chase and Rippy, who are actually good golfers. And as much as I've played for the last two weeks, when I, after I bought this golf cart, I'm not going to be as good as y'all. And there's always one hole, man. There's always one hole. Yesterday, I went out by myself because I love playing golf by myself. And I went out and I went par bogey par. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is good. Fourth hole, I pipe a drive. Absolutely piped it. But I'm such a mental disaster on a golf course. The second shot, it's always the second shot after a really good drive. Absolutely disgusting shot. Disgusting. And I'm yelling at myself. I'm mad. I just quit the hole almost. Because the next shot, I'm just already in my head. I'm not recovering from it. So that's what you have to overcome for us on Saturday. That one hole after I pipe a drive and I inevitably suck on the second shot. Yeah, usually beer helps with that. Yeah, we're going to drink a just lot of Just stand beer. over there and just give it a rip. Yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you get a little confidence, takes the edge off. That's uh, that's, so You get five, six holes in, you get like a beer, two beers in, then pretty much you're just getting up there and ripping it. It's like the perfect uh, balance. Yeah. See, I've planned this out for my diet. On keto, I can only have X amount of carbs. So on Saturday, I'm loading up on Yingling Light. And I'm just going to drink all day rather than eat anything. I'm sacrificing <laughs> eating for beer. I was going to suggest uh, White Claws. Aren't those supposed to be healthy? A lot of bourbon. We could drink bourbon. Okay. that Bourbon in the hot sun. That could, uh, that could get out of control. It hasn't been that hot, though. That's true. But just like bourbon in the sun all day on a golf course, yeah. I mean, basically yeah. whatever you drink, just double the dosage. The sun's going to stir that up for you. Not to mention that smell paired with, like, the swamp ass you get on a golf course. Oh, God. Oh. Ugh, just oh. sweating bourbon out your butt. Oh, boy. Well, what a great start to talk of champions. Uh, Keith <laughs> Carter coming up. Ole Miss AD coming up in about 10 minutes. Got Calvin Harris, Ole Miss baseball signing. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. When you do, don't matter what you say, as long as it's a five-star review, leave it. Also available in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Oldman Spirit, OldmanSpirit.com. Affiliate of 247 Sports. Right now, a deal going on. You can get your first month, if you sign up today, of the Oldman Spirit for a dollar. Just one dollar. You should go to the Oldman Spirit, OldmanSpirit.com. All right, so yesterday, news comes down. Connor Walsh, Knox Posser both enter the transfer portal. Knox is a Jackson dude like you. He's probably coming back. And what that has to do with is going into the transfer portal, Ole Miss utilizing a loophole in order to meet that 11.7 scholarship limit. Outside of that, what did you think about Connor Walsh, Knox LaPosser in the transfer portal? The reason with regards to Walsh, I guess like just considering the last couple of months, not shocking, but just the way, like, I mean, he was a really, really talented kid among many talented kids in that class. And he thought he had to come a chance to come in and contribute immediately. Like when we're all writing the stories about it, like, who could compete for playing time immediately amongst the freshmen. He was kind of, at least at the beginnings, the guy, and it just never came together for him. And you say never came together. Dude's only a, through one year in which he redshirted. He could find it somewhere else. It just, I mean, between that, he just kind of got buried in the outfield, did he not? I mean, between Sammons and Ely, it just, it just, he kind of fell behind. And so from that sense, I wasn't totally shocked. Um, Laposter exploring his options, uh, kind of makes sense to me, but at the same time, like, like, yeah, he's probably coming back, but he could be an everyday catcher at a lot of good programs. He's yeah. just sandwiched in between Cooper Johnson and Hayden Dunhurst. That's a tough, uh, that's a tough combo. That's tough. And you have Calvin Harris coming in a perfect game, all American. So it's not like they're losing any depth. So yes, 
while he's going into the portal and they think they're getting him back, there is the chance because he's in the portal that he goes somewhere else. And not to say that other schools won't contact him because they will. But the plan is to get him back. But Connor Walsh is so interesting because every time we were writing about this team going into the year, you were right, we were factoring in Connor Walsh. But then he had a bad fall. He had a bad stretch of preseason practices, didn't play at all. And really what the problem is with Connor Walsh is he's running to the numbers crunch with the pandemic and the NCAA's response, which was the right response, which was granting an extra year of eligibility, one more year of eligibility to all spring student athletes. Well, that hurts guys like Connor Walsh, who started slow and in otherwise normal years would be back this year and would potentially contribute as a sophomore and certainly as a junior, maybe like a Tate Blackman, but they're not afforded that opportunity now because pretty much everybody's coming back. Because when you look at the MLB draft, it's gone from 40 rounds to five. Now they're only going to potentially lose one, if not two, with Tyler Keenan and Anthony Servideo, players from last year's roster. That was 16-1. and one. So Connor Walsh doesn't have a spot. Yeah, I mean, it is a numbers crunch as well, too, which is you did a good job of outlining that there. So, I mean, really not shocking. I just kind of the way things are. And it probably is not the end of it because the – the, the headache college baseball coaches are going to have making all of this work and making the numbers work is going to be a, is a job I don't envy. No, I don't either. And I don't envy the job that Keith Carr is having to do right now and negotiating with Mike Bianco. That's a precarious situation. When you don't roll them over and then have a pandemic when they're 16 and one, how are you going to negotiate that right now? <laughs> I don't even know where you start. I don't know. But it's just crazy. I mean, we'd have been in the last weekend of SEC play this weekend. It's just crazy how long this has lasted. Uh, what would the record be right now? I mean, it's hard to say because were they actually as good as they were playing? I'm not necessarily saying they weren't. But, I mean, that team was hot. And they were rolling. But they also – I mean, their SEC schedule – I know the SEC in the league in general was just a bear. But, I mean, they had a stretch where they were going Mississippi State – Vandy and then back to back road series at Florida and Georgia. Like that's what like three of the top eight teams in the country. I, I think they'd be above 500. I, like, could you see them at 15 wins at 15 and 12, I guess going in this weekend, that would be my guess. Yeah. The question would be, would this have been an Omaha team? Cause I'm going to be honest. I'm not just saying this because I was swept up in the moment or I'm being an Ole Miss Homer. I truly believe they would have ended up in Omaha. I think they were that good. They were definitely good enough. It's just a different deal in the postseason. You know, it's always hard to say, but like you thought the 2021 team was kind of going to be when this core group of youth took flight or whatever, but it seemed to be kind of happening a year early. I definitely think they would have been in the mix. I think they, I mean, I didn't think this going into the year, but I think they were a host. The pitching was what would have carried them. Offensively, they would have trailed off a little bit. Would they have led the, country all year in home runs probably not they still would have been a prolific home run hitting team would have probably shattered the single season home run record of 98 set in what 1998 1997 that would have happened I still don't think they would have been number one in the country but the pitching was so freaking good yeah it was it was uh and like what's interesting is you bring all three of those dudes back next year your bullpen obviously probably looks a little different but like you're pretty much bringing the same team back next year which is going to be fascinating because it's like you got a taste of it this year and it obviously just unprecedentedly cut short and kind of how do they handle – because like this year it was kind of expectation-free, right? Like the last big class had filtered out. They were one game away from Omaha. You figured they might kind of take a step back. How does this group handle expectations? Because the interesting part of it is like – well. It, like this group was interesting to me because there was a bunch of out-of-state kids that didn't seem to feel the weight of like the postseason struggles this program has had. It kind of had a little like "f you, we don't really care" attitude. Can you bring that same type of attitude when you have expectations? Will it matter if they bring Tyler Keenan back? Because I think Anthony Servideo is a slam dunk to get drafted in the top five rounds. He's gone. He's gone. They're getting more calls on him than Tyler Keenan. He's got a hot, hot profile right now. He's super helium as far as his draft potential and draft stock rise. But Tyler Keenan, there are some legitimate concerns. Some pro uh, teams are concerned about his body type. If his future is strictly first base, if that's where he's going to have to play. And yes, he does have multi-year production in the SEC as a hitter. But in other years, he would no doubt go in the top five rounds. But now that it's not 40, it's only five. 
you've got to completely adjust your whole evaluation and scouting strategy. So are you hearing anything about this? Because I've heard that it's about 50-50 that Tyler Keenan is back, which to me, if going into the year you'd have told me that would be the case, I'd have laughed in your face. But now I think Anthony Servideo is the no-doubt guy to go, and he's gone. But Tyler Keenan, if you're hoping to get one of those two back, and selfishly, as an Ole Miss fan, you want that. But for those kids, you hope that both of them get drafted and they go. But if they do get Tyler Keenan back, what does that do? What does that change for their outlook? Servideos was simpler, right? Like what he is as a prospect. Like it's like if this kid yeah. ends up hitting, he could jump into a top five round pick. And this is pre-pandemic before yeah. the draft was five rounds or whatever. Yeah. And of course he hits on a tear. I just don't know what Keenan they view Keenan as a professional prospect. Like the bat is there, I think, but like if you don't have a position, you gotta really hit at the next level. And can he hit at that ridiculous of a rate if he doesn't have a position? He's gonna have to change and maintain his body a little better, don't you think, at the next level? I mean, like just to some degree, I just don't know what he is, you know? So well, I think he's like borderline. I, I mean he's definitely got a decision to make. If you made me guess today, I'll call, I would say he comes back, but I mean, I definitely think he has a decision to make. You're absolutely right about the body type, and that is, and I, I don't mean to be rude, because everybody loves Tyler Keenan as a player, and he's done great things, done, done nothing but a good soldier for Ole Miss baseball. But everybody who's talked about Tyler Keenan has brought up this issue. He hasn't changed his body type since he's been here, but this year he was absolutely stroking the ball. He stroked the ball his entire career at Ole Miss, but the body problem, that's always been there. Yeah, it has. And it started really, I think, sophomore year because like freshman year, he kind of came in like I'm not body shaming the guy, but he just seemed to look a little different his sophomore year than he did his freshman year. He was actually and I asked Mike Bianco about it one time and I think he got like annoyed. Shocker. With you, um, shocker. Yeah, <laughs> just about like Keenan was actually de- like he was a pretty decent defender at third base. Uh, his freshman year and not that he became bad. It just, to me, his range shrunk a little bit. And that may have just become with getting bigger, like even just stronger. Wise. I don't know, but like he was, he was okay defensively as uh, his freshman year and it tapered off a little bit or at least seemed to. So, you know, I don't know. I think he's back. I just, but he, he'll be close. I mean, like if he got drafted in the fourth or fifth round, it wouldn't necessarily stun me. Obviously he's not taking the 20 K I wouldn't think no, no, uh, if, no, if he doesn't get drafted, I'd say there's little to no shot of that. So it wouldn't shock me, but there's just so many dudes and so few picks. Like, doesn't the math tell you he probably ends up coming back? Maybe he does have a very high number. So we'll see before I let you go and jump to these interviews with Keith Carter and Calvin Harris. What do you think when we get in sports back? Man, I think the UFC this past weekend kind of provided a blueprint of like how you can get some of these back, right? You had the guy test positive for coronavirus. You know, they got him the hell out of there. He's quarantined or whatever. They kept testing other people and the show went on. And like, I'm not even a big UFC fan, but it was awesome. Me watching Greg Hardy fight in a weird, strange way was interesting. And, uh, and he decided to beat someone within the confines of the rules. So class act. Congrats to Greg. Um, because last time I fought on the big one, he got DQ'd for something egregious, like knocked a dude out. And we thought he'd won the fight because we don't know the rules, like the people I was watching with. And everyone was like, what a disgrace. Just apparently completely illegal. So one legally that time. But anyway, I think there's a blueprint out there now. The problem is, is baseball, you're going to have this late, this fight over a quote unquote salary cap, whether it's not a salary cap revenue sharing deal. And then. I keep seeing the same stories with the NBA to where they just keep leaking the same information and they don't seem to actually be getting closer. So I'll be an optimist and say baseball July 1, that's when we get sports back. But, you know, who knows? College football-wise, if we do get a full season, is Ole Miss Bowl eligible? Ooh. Yes, I'll give them six wins. Yeah. I think that I can, you can outline five pretty easy and then you beat someone they don't, they're not supposed to. I think, I think you get there. Because, no offense – a coaching staff that would, has, I'll say, experience to be nice. So could Kiffin have gotten last year? So competency? Yes. yes. Could Kiffin have gotten last year's team bowl eligible? I would say yes. Yes. Hey, what, they were 4-8? and eight. You can't find two more wins through that atrocity of a season? Because they were in most of the games they played. Yeah. That's so my whole I'll deal go, with yeah. it. Yeah. I think so, yes. If you believe that Lane Kiffin is a drastic improvement over Matt Luke, they're bowl eligible, period. Does it even have to be a drastic? Like. No. <laughs> Yeah, a two like game improvement. Two games Is a two one. game improvement over Matt Luke? Then they're bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I think everybody would take the Music City Bowl right now. That would have a very 
Hugh Freeze Birmingham Bowl esque vibe to it in terms of the fan base, in my opinion. They would show up in droves. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> at, at poor Crossfield Stadium, I think, ran out of beer. Oh, my God. That poor stadium was so terrible. And it's located in such a bad area of Birmingham. I'll never forget walking up to that game. And uh, I think I was with Neil. I might have been. And I just remember Neil going, uh, I, I just I don't feel comfortable parking my car here. <laughs> eh, I don't blame you. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Stay safe in quarantine. Absolutely, dude. See you this weekend. That was Brian Scott Rippey of Super Talk Mississippi. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter. Before we do, let me tell you real quick, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Talk of Champions is also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Coming up right now, it's Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. This is Talk of Champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter. Keith, how you doing, man? Doing good, Ben. How about yourself? Good, man. So what are you doing to stay sane during quarantine? Well, I mean, we're, we're working a lot. Um, you know, thanks to technology, we're able to get, get some work done and obviously spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to get everyone back to campus and, and all of that and, and do that in a safe way. But uh, I've had some free time, too, you know, some projects around the house. Uh, we've acquired a puppy during quarantine, so that's, uh, that's an interesting new addition to the family. But, uh, but it's been good, and, and I think, you know, just like everybody, Ben, we're just ready to to get back to some sense of normalcy, and that's what we're working toward. You know that puppy's going to be your puppy for the entirety of his life. Yeah, the, the new, I think, is about to wear off already. <laughs> and so the, the kids and, and, and the wife are, uh, you know, they, they're starting to, you know, not take care of it as much, and I think I'm about to take over. So that's, yep. that's how it usually goes. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. Um, you brought it up about reopening sports coming back. A lot of schools have announced recently plans to reopen in the fall with in-person classes, regular standard operations, like Mississippi State made the announcement um, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Is Ole Miss close to an announcement like that? What is the latest or the update for Ole Miss? Well, you know, I think the chancellor, you know, has, has put out a couple of different letters that referenced, you know, we're, we're anticipating, you know, coming back in the fall. And, and you know, not necessarily putting our, our foot on base yet, because I'll be honest, Ben, I, I don't think anybody knows that yet. You know, I'm not right. sure that we have enough, enough data to, to, you know, definitively say, you know, we are coming back. And I know you're hearing that from some, some institutions. Um, but I think that's what we're, we're, we're working toward. We're optimistic that that's going to happen. We want to have, you know, students back here in person in the fall. And um, I think that's what the chancellor and Noel Wilkin and, and others are working on. But, uh, you know, just to come out and say that we are definitely going to do that. I, I don't think we're quite ready to say that yet, uh, but certainly that's the hope. And, and, you know, from an athletic standpoint, uh, you know, we're working every day to, to try to get, you know, our staff back here, you know, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks and then obviously start to trickle in 
you know, student athletes as well and, and have them ready to, to start working out, you know, middle of June, early July, that type of thing. And, and certainly we'll, we'll continue to look at the data and, and everything that, that the medical experts are saying. That's where we'll start, you know, all of our conversations about this. But uh, we got a plan for it, and, and that's kind of what we're doing right now. The consensus, it seems like, is from all athletics directors in the SEC, at least publicly, that that July 1 date, as far as getting things back going to get football started, that's what y'all are targeting. Anytime after that, does it become pretty precarious as far as having a normal college football season? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I, I think you could probably, you know, sneak up to July 15th or so and, and still be okay. I mean, I think, you know, some coaches are saying they need six weeks. Some are saying they need eight weeks. So anywhere in that six to eight week window, you know, before that September 5th, you know, Labor Day weekend, first game, um, I think would work. But certainly as you start to get past that July 15th, and then you really start have to thinking about, you know, do we have enough time to, to get our student athletes back, get them in the proper shape so that they don't have physical issues as we get into the season. So, uh, you know, to me that, that early July, mid-July time frame is, is certainly, you know, the target date. What have the recent conversations been like with the SEC and other ADs as far as getting back started and contingencies and all those things? Well, you know, we, we've been talking about this literally for, for seven or eight weeks now, ever since this whole thing started. And, and obviously, you know, you initially talk about basketball and the tournaments and the spring sports and, and all those things. And obviously, you know, th those have kind of come and gone at this point. But then we quickly started talking about the fall and, and football. And so we've been talking about a lot of different scenarios for a long time. And, um, you know, again, I, I think Greg uh, Sankey has done a really good job with communication throughout this whole thing. The league office uh, has been really, really good. And I applaud them for, uh, you know, not making decisions too hastily uh, and jumping out and, and, and putting their foot on base on something when we can wait a few weeks or, or whatever to make those decisions. So uh, everybody's really, really optimistic about, you know, starting on time for football, all of our fall sports, we're going to continue to work toward that. And that's being driven by the league, which is really, really good. Uh, all the other ADs feel like it can happen. Uh, but certainly, again, we, we've got to go back and, and look at medical data and, and, and what the experts are saying. So this thing is very fluid. But as we plan, you know, we're planning to start on time. And I think that that's, that's kind of the consensus around our league. You know, like you said, you're starting to hear some of that around our league and, and sound bites that are coming out. Uh, so I think that's really, really good. But we just got to continue to follow the data, continue to plan. Uh, and obviously, if things change, we'll pivot and, and go from there. Is the SEC operating as if independently, if it wanted to start its league on time or start it at a particular time, the NCAA overall isn't necessarily encouraging? The SEC can do that, right? I mean, that's something that has been considered, that the SEC can independently start its season when it wants to. Yeah, I, I think that's something we could do, Ben. You know, I, I don't I don't know that it's an ideal situation. And, of course, we'd love for everybody to kind of start on the same time. Obviously, as you look at, uh, you know, matchups that are between the SEC and other and other Power Five conferences, other group of five conferences, uh, you know, you want all those to start on time so it doesn't really affect your schedule. But but certainly, you know, all the options are on the table, and, and I know the SEC is looking to, to do what we can to, to kind of do what's in the best interest of our 14 institutions and, you know, if we're ready to play and, and we can do that and, and others can, I, I, I think we could we could potentially start. So um, a lot of those options are on the table. Again, there, there's been so many scenarios that have been discussed. And, uh, you know, again, we're hoping for the best, but certainly we'll, we'll pivot and, and do what we need to do. And if that means, you know, the league starts, then, then that could certainly be an option. Is there any paying attention to MLB, NFL, NBA, how they're handling this and potentially wanting them to get out in front so that the SEC – NCAA, college football, all college sports can really follow their lead in some way? Yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, we're, we're even Bundesliga soccer, you know, in, in, in Germany. And, and a lot of things that were, you know, are, are happening uh, around the world right now, we're kind of monitoring, you know, what's going on. And Commissioner Sankey kind of joked that it was the first reference to Bundesliga soccer ever on, a, <laughs> on an SEC AD call. But, you know, we're monitoring everything and, and all of these sports, you know, even even, you know, Korean baseball and they're starting to allow some fans back in. And you know, there's just a lot of different things that are going on right now that we're paying attention to. And certainly if if our you know domestic professional sports you know, started playing and started allowing fans in, you know, that's going to take some pressure off of us because it's already happened. And certainly then it gives you a, a data set to see, you know, what's happening because of that. Are there, are there spikes in the virus? Uh, you know, what happens because of that? So. We're looking at all those things, and, and certainly from a college athletic standpoint, the, the sooner these pro sports can start uh, functioning and, and start, you know, 
performing and, and certainly there's no you know, ramifications of that. That's only going to help us as we get into the fall. Is it fair to say that it's unrealistic to think that Vaught-Hemingway Stadium will see a full capacity game at any point this year? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's unrealistic to think we could have a full stadium at some point this year. At this point, you know, I, I think that, again, that's what we're, we're working toward. And we're going to look at all scenarios down from, you know, 75%, 50%, 25% capacity, 0% capacity. You know, we're going to look at a worst case scenario as well. But, um, you know, we're, we've still, we're still very optimistic that, again, we can start on time. We can have fans. Uh, you know, we're going to certainly put in all the, the safety, you know, procedures and precautions that we need to, um, you know, no matter what the scenario is. But, uh, you know, we're not giving up on a full stadium yet for sure. And, and I think if you ask the other ADs, the league office, I think they would say the same thing. Effectively, the goal is once you start, you don't want to stop again, right? Exactly. You, you don't want to rush into this and, you know, get two or three games into it. And, and all of a sudden, you know, for whatever reason, you have to stop and, and go into quarantine for a month or, or whatever that looks like. That, that would be pretty, pretty tough to do. So I think that's why there's just a lot of, a lot of smart people working on a plan right now to, to, to come back safely. You know, the, the first thing, Ben, is we, we've got to get our student athletes back this summer. Uh, and do that in a safe manner at Ole Miss, at Alabama, at Mississippi State, you know, all these institutions, uh, and make sure that we can get them all back, you know, test, uh, you know, do all the things that we need to do, quarantine. Um, and, and then, you know, we, we can't play the games unless they're back safe and, and in shape and healthy to, to play. So that's where our focus is right now. And then we'll, we'll certainly turn more of our attention, you know, after that to, to the games themselves and what the crowds look like and, and those type of things. But, um, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, I've never really worked on anything in my life that there's so many layers to uh, as this, you know, there's just so many different things that you have to consider and uh, you know, we'll continue to do that, but, but it's really just kind of a step-by-step process. You have to get the first step done before you can even think about the second one. So we're focused on getting staff back, students back. Um, and then we'll, again, we'll continue to focus on what the, what those games might look like in the fall. Well, a unique layer for Ole Miss is the Grove. And I'm sure that y'all have considered that and thought about that and had discussions about that internally what do you do? How do you manage that? Yeah, you know, that, that one just kind of made me have cold, cold shivers up my body when you mentioned it because <laughs> I, I think, I think you, can, you can absolutely manage a stadium, um, you know, in a, in a more uniform way than, than you can the Grove. And so I, I think that there's a lot of discussions uh, that we'll have with obviously our department, with, with campus on that. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's a way you can social distance in, in the growth. I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure. And so is that where you only, you know, you say we can only uh, put half capacity in there or 25% capacity in there, uh, you know, that type of thing. So um, those, those discussions again will happen. I know that that is a huge part of our game day experience and our fans that, that come back are, are going to want to spend time in the grove before they come to the game. So uh, we'll continue to talk about that as well, you know, as we get down the line. But uh, certainly a, a challenge there uh, for something that's really, really good, something that we all love, but a, a big challenge considering what we're facing with, with COVID. You held a Zoom call with local reporters not too long ago and mentioned that budgetarily y'all are fine until the end of the fiscal year of June. But what's the plan now beyond that? Are you okay? I mean, are you all having to borrow money? What's the deal there? We're going to jump right back to Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter, but first, real briefly, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. Yeah, we, we're actually, uh, you know, still in a lot of discussions on that. I, I still think that we're in, in pretty good shape through the end of the fiscal year. Uh, you know, and then it depends on really some of these decisions that we're talking about. You know, what, what do our stadiums look like? What do our season ticket sales for football look like? Are we having football? You know, those type of things. And so uh, we, we kind of put contingency plans in place for, for all of those scenarios. You know, I think after, after July 1, uh, you know, if we don't have football, you know, in a worst case scenario, that's where you have to start looking at staffing situations and uh, potential cuts and, and, and pay cuts and, and those type of things. And we got all of those on, on paper and, and in a spreadsheet and you'll know, have all those scenarios, but uh, we're trying to hold off. You know, I've said it many times. We, 
We, we love our people in Ole Miss Athletics. I think that's what makes our department really, really good. We want to protect our, our people as long as we can and, and uh, you know, thank them for the good work that they, they're doing and have done over the years. But certainly, you know, if, if we get to a scenario where there's no football or football is delayed, you know, that type of thing, then, then we're going to have to probably make some hard decisions. So, um, you know, we hope it doesn't get to that, but certainly we're planning for that and, and we'll be ready for that. Where are season ticket sales right now? Um, the last I looked, Ben, we're about 23,000. Um, which actually is about 4,000 below last year's uh, year to date. Uh, we were at, you know, obviously we were trending a lot higher than that before all this started with coach Kiffin and the excitement that we had with him. And you know, I think extending the deadline to, to June 15th probably uh, gave people an opportunity just to, to press pause a little bit. And, and I, I anticipate you know, here over the next month that those sales will continue to ramp up and, and get back to the totals that we need. But um, yeah, I think people are in a little bit of a wait and see mode right now, obviously, uh, from a financial standpoint, kind of what can what can work for them, uh, and then too just to to see if we're going to be able to play, you know that type of thing. So um, I'm not super concerned about it right now. I think as we get to to June 15th and and see what the numbers are, then we can have a little bit better picture of of what we think our projections will end up being. But uh, you know, again, I think if we have football, I think people are going to buy tickets. I think they're going to come. You know, certainly those that are in those demographics that are a little more. Uh, you know, susceptible to, to getting this virus. We want them to be careful and, and certainly we'll have an education around that for them. But um, I, I think we're going to be fine if we can just get through some of these, these, uh, you know, these tough times right now and, and, and put our foot on base, you know, as a, as a, you know, as a, an industry and say, Hey, we're going to play and here's how we're going to play. And here's what the fan situation is going to look like. I think we're going to be fine here at Ole Miss on season tickets. Yeah, I would assume that that would be an interesting talking point amongst SEC ADs, season tickets I'm speaking of. Having a firm date, if you can get that, you can maybe extend the deadline more and then get an influx of season ticket buys, right? No question. No question. I think that's been the hard part really throughout this whole scenario, Ben, is just you know different different you know timing and different things that go along with that. We, we've got to at some point you know, say, hey, we're, we're either playing or we're not. Uh, we're playing with fans or we're not, you know, those types of scenarios. And I think that, again, that early July timeframe is probably when we're going to have to do that. And so uh, maybe a little sooner than that, but I, I think we've got probably till, you know, maybe July 15th to kind of make that decision on, on what's going to happen with, with college football. So um, yeah, so date would be great, but you know, again, we'll continue to, to push and uh, you know, and, and be optimistic that we can play. Major projects wise, which project that you're potentially planning to work on at this point has been hurt by all this, has been delayed because of the pandemic coronavirus? Well, all, all capital projects are on hold right now. And the one that was just about to get kicked off was our track locker room. Um, you know, that's something that we've been working on for a while, getting all of the logistics figured out. And that was about to go out to bid uh, right before all this started. So that's been put on hold. Uh, we had some other things that, you know, we were certainly looking at. Uh, we were looking to do some graphics and different things over at the, uh, the Manning Center. Uh, you know, softball is one we've talked about that we, we know is a priority that, that at some point we'll pick back up. But, you know, right now, all, all capital projects are on hold. And, and to be honest, Ben, I, I don't see uh, really a date in the in the near future that we would probably start talking about those again. You know, we got a lot of other things you got to worry about before, you know, we start building projects and, and doing those type of things. What's the latest on Mike Bianco's contract? Uh, in discussions, uh, discussions going well, you know, we love Mike. We, we want to make sure that, that Mike is, uh, is a rebel and, and, and is here for a long time. And so we're, we're having discussions right now with his representation and, you know, hoping that, uh, we can get through those here pretty soon. What have the conversations negotiations been like? You didn't roll them over. So has there been any contentiousness to them? What's it been like? Uh, they've been good. You know, Mike and I have a great relationship and, and, you know, we, we had a conversation a, a couple of weeks ago and it was a really good one. And, uh, you know, now just conversations with his representation, but, uh, you know, they, they got off to a great start. Um, I've said it publicly a lot of times. I mean, it just felt like this team had, had that it factor, uh, you know, had, had some great players, but just had some great personalities, some winners, uh, you know, some guys that you, you really felt like we could make a, a deep run. And, and so, uh, it's a, it'll be great to get all those guys back next year or maybe a couple guys in the draft that we'll lose. But, um, you know, to have kind of the same nucleus of the team is exciting. And, and obviously Mike and, and his staff are the ones that have put all that together. So, uh, you know, we, we love Mike. We love the staff. We, we love Ole Miss baseball. And, and we're going we're gonna to work to, uh, to do what we can to, to bolster that program and, and hopefully take that next step. Is there a timeline to getting it done? 
Um, I wouldn't say a timeline. I mean, we're just going to take the time we need to, to get it done. And, and uh, you know, again, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, uh, you know, really no timeline. You know, really, if you think about it, we, we wouldn't even be having these discussions yet because we'd still be playing baseball, you know. So we, we've got time and, um, you know, we're, we're going to get it done and, and, and get to a place where everybody feels good about it. What about other negotiations with coaches or maybe rolling over Kermit or whatever? What's the update on that? Yeah, Kermit will be rolled over. Coach Yo will be rolled over um, to get them back to four years, and and obviously feel very good about about those programs. Uh, you know, new coaches in volleyball and, and softball and other spring sports. You know, it, it, it's one of those years where um, you know it, it's hard to, to gauge really the spring sports because they just didn't have an opportunity to to get into their seasons enough to to do that. So uh, almost kind of a you know a, a year where we we're gonna you know, roll those over and, and kind of start over next year, kind of where we were, you know, that type of thing. So uh, not a lot of, of big negotiations this year. I think, you know, it's one of those where we feel very good about our coaches and, and the things that they're doing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to, to get them back next year and, and try to do it again. Is there any particular sticking point with Mike at all? No, no. I mean, you know, again, I think that we just, we've talked about it in the past. You know, we, we want to, we want to get to Omaha. Mike wants to get to Omaha and, and it felt like this, this year's team had an opportunity to do that, you know, and, and that's the thing about Mike. He's always put us in, in a great you know position to get there. And, uh, you know, this, this year's team felt like they had all the ingredients, the pitching, the defense, the hitting, uh, you know, the, the it factor that I mentioned. And, and it felt like, you know, there, there was a, a buzz around this team that, that certainly, you know, Mike is the one that created that buzz. And so, um, you know, there's really no sticking points at all. We just got to, you know, continue to do the things we're doing to put us in that position to get to Omaha and, and, and then bust through that door, which I know we're going to do. Coach Kiffin has brought it up a number of times about how first-year head coaches and first-year programs are at a distinct disadvantage compared to other programs dealing with this and getting football back started. Do you agree with that assessment? And when you're having those discussions with the SEC healthcare officials, how does that weigh into this whole process? Yeah, that, that's a tough one because, you know, even to take it down another layer, you know, some of, some of the programs in the SEC had already started spring practice and they might have right. gotten in you know, seven or seven or eight practices before before spring break. And, you know, we weren't going to start until after spring break. So uh, we missed out on those as well. So, yeah, we talked a lot about that. Um, I would be shocked, Ben, if, if the NCAA, SEC uh, doesn't give us more time this summer to, to, to spend with, you know, coaches with the players doing, doing skill instruction and, and those type of things. Once we start just because of, you know, the, the, the loss of spring, I don't know that necessarily we'll get a, you know, any special uh, relief because we're a new coach, a new staff, but I do think that we're going to get an opportunity to make up maybe for those spring practices that we missed, you know, those type of things. So uh, I think they're going to be very lenient on, on the time that the coaches and the strength staff can spend with these student athletes once we get them back. Is it going to be comprehensive testing of the players once you do get them back on campus to where not necessarily quarantining them together, but every single day testing the heck out of them, stuff like that? Yeah, we'll be pretty thorough with that, especially when they when they arrive back in Oxford. You know, we will we will likely test, you know, student athletes, uh, certainly monitor them. Uh, there probably will be some type of quarantine period. Uh, not where we were saying you have to stay in your in your apartment or your, your room, you know, by yourself, but. We want them to get back to Oxford. We want to monitor them for a period before we bring them back into our facilities and, and do those type of things. So uh, it'll be very, very thorough. Uh, Shannon Singletary, you know, with our, our health and sports performance, um, has been just an ace throughout this whole deal with, with his preparation, the plan that he and the, the couple of committees that he's on have put together uh, for the return. It's a 30-page, you know, PowerPoint of what we're going to do to make sure we're doing it the right way. So uh, we will certainly not do this hastily. We will not do this uh, off the cuff. We will make sure that there's a very regimented and, and just detailed process for bringing student-athletes back. And then obviously, you know, what's inevitable, Ben, is at some point we're going to have a student-athlete, Alabama or Mississippi State's going to have a student-athlete that, that has a positive test. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point, what, what do we do to, to isolate that person, uh, you know, make sure that they're safe and, and we're, we're tending to their needs? but also making sure that, you know, the spread doesn't happen and we're able to move forward. Because as you mentioned before, you know, the worst case scenario would be to, to have an outbreak, a spike in, in these viruses and, and have to shut everything down. So a lot of detailed planning has gone into this. Uh, more, more will come here over the next few weeks as we start to hopefully bring back staff and students. But uh, we feel like we're going to be ready to do that. Man, I can't wait till we get back to the point where we're just talking about whether or not Ole Miss wins on Saturday. No doubt. No doubt. You know, this is this has been a crazy, a crazy challenge for all of us. Um, but I think, you know, 
we realize how much we love sports and how much we, we need those in our life. You know, um, it's such a big part of, of what we do, obviously, and, and in this region, especially. So um, hopefully when we get, you know, everybody back, we do it in a safe way. Uh, people will come back and, and not only enjoy sports and, and enjoy being in Oxford, but, but realize, you know, we don't want to lose this. It's something that we really love and, and it's, it's part of what we need. So uh, we're doing our best to bring that back to folks as soon as we can. He's Keith Carter, Ole Miss AD. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Stay safe. Enjoy that puppy. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. That was Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. And if you sign up right now, your first month, only a dollar. Going to jump right back to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Calvin Harris, Ole Miss baseball signee, a perfect game All-American catcher. But first, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hitting add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woman phone line, Ole Miss baseball signee Calvin Harris. Perfect game All-American catcher. Calvin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. How you holding up during quarantine? Yeah, doing really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, we're doing good, doing safe. How are you guys? Uh, all good. But how do you stay in baseball shape? Yeah, so I'm fortunate. Um, we got a lot of guys in the area that are that are college guys that are back, um, staying working out with them, you know, lifting four days a week and then just really trying to get after it, hitting and throwing whenever I can. Now you're a next-level baseball player, but you're a multi-sport athlete, quarterback in football, two-guard in basketball, catcher in baseball. Which one have you missed the most? Be honest. Um, right now, definitely uh, baseball and football. Um, you know, we had a hell of a football season, so – that was, you know, that was tough to miss, but, uh, you know, we're really missing baseball right now. Just hoping that we can get back out on the field and, and, um, up here in Iowa, actually, um, it's looking really good. Uh, we think here within the next couple of weeks, we, we get back out in the field and hopefully start playing. When did you know baseball was the future for you? 
Yeah, I would say probably early in high school, you know, when I was freshman, um, eighth grade and freshman, uh, coach pulled me up um, and kind of gave, you know, kind of gave me uh, an opportunity to play at the varsity level. And, and um, I just knew from that moment on, you know, that's, that's what I was going to do. And, and that's what I really loved and enjoyed doing. What kind of quarterback were you? Spread, dual threat, pro style? Uh, dual threat. Uh, we, ran, we ran the shotgun. Uh, we ran a lot of what, uh, what you'll see at Auburn, um, Auburn or Oklahoma. We ran that spread style offense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we ran options. We ran just about anything. Could you sling it around pretty good? Yeah, I could throw it pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, and fortunately for me, I had a hell of a receiving core. Um, a lot of kids that were, or a couple of kids that were pretty recruited, um, out of high school, but yeah, so I was, I was fortunate. I had a lot of really good athletes surrounding me. Now, if you were a two guard in basketball, that means you were a shooter. So are you a true gunner? Are you a three point guy? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I shoot three a little bit. I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a great shooter, but I can shoot it a little bit. Um, and then typically just drive I like you know driving getting to the rim getting in the lane um so yeah I mean I wouldn't say I'd rely on the three <laughs> have you ever monkey dunked on somebody just embarrass somebody no no uh, I've only dunked a couple times and um just kind of shooting around practice uh no that would that would be that'd be pretty cool though that's the dream that's the dream. You have a couple of times dunked more than I have. So, hey, you got that on me. But baseball-wise, you mentioned that early in your high school career, that's when you knew baseball was in the future. Why Ole Miss? Because you had a lot of options. Hayden Dunhurst is obviously entrenched, but you're going to come in and handle those duties with him. What made Ole Miss stick out for you? Yeah, so um, really the first thing that really popped out to me was the type of people that are in the program. Um, they're first-class people. They're incredible people. Um, coach Bianco, coach Clem, coach laugh, um, it just, just incredible people. And I think that's the one thing that really, um, turned me towards old Miss was those guys. And then on my visit, I actually went down there. The first visit I took was, uh, the weekend series against Mississippi state. Um, and the fans and, and everybody surrounding the stadium Swayze was just incredible. Um, and I knew, and I knew then that, you know, I sure as hell can't turn it down. Um, you know, and they gave me an opportunity, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to take it. I've heard it from a number of out-of-state guys. Anthony Servideo tells the story all the time. When you come on a visit to Ole Miss and you see the atmosphere and you see 10,000, 11,000 packed into that stadium, it's hard to turn it down. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's second to none. It really is. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was just an incredible experience, and, yeah, and I knew there that – knew that. I mean, I literally walked out. And my dad asked me, you know, we, we got to the car and dad asked me, and this is, you know, five, 10 seconds after uh, we left. And he's like, so what'd you think? And I go, well, yeah, I want to go to Ole Miss. You know, <laughs> it, it was a pretty easy decision for me. <laughs> Which all schools were you considering? Who were the serious finalists for you? Um, so Ole Miss, obviously. And then I took a visit to Arizona State the weekend before. And then Iowa were my top three. We'll get to the season, and it was suspended when they were 16-1. and one. But you look at this team, I would assume that the young talent, not just Hayden, but Peyton Chatagnier and Derek Diamond, all that young talent had to be appealing to you too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, they were bringing in guys, and, and their goal is to win a national championship, and, that, and that's my goal as well. And um, No, it's awesome the type of talent that they've brought in um, and the type of just really good character kids that, that they have there in the program. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. When did your recruiting profile take off? Was it when you did the perfect game showcase? When did it really start to go nuts for you? I would say, I, would, I want to say it was around my sophomore year where it really took, well, I'll uh, backtrack, probably more so my freshman, sophomore year. Like you said, kind of when I got more into going to showcases and, and getting out a little bit. Um, because with playing football, I didn't, I didn't get to go um, to many of the events in the fall. Um, but I did my freshman year and my sophomore year and I got, got my name out there a little bit. And that's what, um, really got, you know, a jump start for me. What would you say are the strengths of your game? Yeah, the strengths of my game, I would say, you know, first and foremost, um, uh, just wanting to compete and win, um, and anything and everything. Um, I would say that's probably the biggest strength for me. Um, but you know, after that, um, I would really say defensively, 
I feel is like feel like is a strength to me. And then um, at the plate, I feel like I do a really good job at you know putting the ball in play and and um, just doing whatever I can to help the team win. What is the approach in the box? Is it gap to gap? What kind of contact are you trying to make? Yeah, gap to gap. Um, you know, I really haven't been, you know, a big home run hitter. So, you know, I just like to go gap to gap, hit line drives, um, spray, spray the ball around, um, and really just, you know, get in play, hit hard, um, stay more line drive focused. Well, look, I'm going to cover you here when you're at Ole Miss. And I've said this to a number of guys, Doug Nikhazy even, who love to hit bombs and pimp home runs. When you do get a hold of one, you got to pimp it. <laughs> I would I wouldn't say I've ever pimped a home run. No, oh. I, I'm usually I'm usually running because I don't think it's out yet. You know. <laughs> well, you got the speed element to you, um, and that versatility that you can bring as well. What all positions could you potentially play? Yeah, uh, really anywhere. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I got brought up and I played third base for a season. Um, you know, I played second base, I played first base, I played um, a lot of corner outfield position for town team. Um, yeah, so I mean, I've I really played all nine positions um, throughout high school. So when you focus on going into the season, what are you going to work on in particular? What areas are you looking for or targeting for improvement? Yeah, so my big areas, especially this year, um, in terms of hitting would be rhythm and timing. Um, my, I've kind of screwed around with my leg kick the last couple of years. Uh, I used to not have one, and then I had one, um, and now I'm kind of trying to meet in the middle. Um, and just really work on sitting on my backside, uh, recognizing pitches better, um, and getting after it that way. And then defensively this year, I, I've kind of, um, messed around with like the one knee down, um, and working on some of my footwork for back picks, back picks at first base, third base, um, that sort of thing. So just, you know, really everything and, and just trying to keep fine tuning the fundamentals. Has the catch and throw aspect of catching always come pretty naturally to you? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I used to, well, I used to play shortstop too. And, um, but yeah, I feel like catching and throwing and it's similar for me, especially in football, um, as a quarterback, I mean, it's really similar arm slot. So it's always kind of something that's been, um, more natural, um, than some of the other things. Well, it's interesting too, because when I was talking to Mike Clement about you in particular, he mentioned that you fit the mold of an Ole Miss catcher, defense first, left-handed hitter. And Ole Miss has three catchers in its coaching staff, Carl Lafferty, Mike Clement, and Mike Bianco. And every catcher that signs mm-hmm. with Ole Miss, pretty much all of them say that's a huge benefit. Did that weigh in in any way for you as far as your recruitment? Yeah, a ton. Um, I, I guess I forgot to mention that earlier, but that was that was huge. Um, the catching knowledge and the catching um, tradition that they've had there um, is incredible, and, and that was definitely a huge factor into my decision too. Okay, did you ever get close to committing anywhere else? Um, no. Uh, you know, I had a few places in mind, um, you know, that I took, looked strongly at, uh, but really nowhere where it just kind of jumped out at me like Ole Miss did. Ole Miss just kind of caught my attention, and, and I knew right then and there that that's where I wanted to go to school. Now they said, had the MLB draft been 40 rounds and not shortened to five, you'd be one of the guys they'd be worried about. Did you have a number in mind? Did you have an approach to the draft? Had it gone on as normal? Yeah, um, really, we didn't, I guess, not really looked at any numbers. Uh, but as of right now, you know, the only opportunity I have is is my remarkable opportunity at Ole Miss. Um, you know, and, and that's why I'm, you know, that's the opportunity I have moving forward. Um, and it has to take, you know, an astronomical number um, for me to consider going to the draft. But um, like you said, with it being five rounds or, you know, dropping down from 40 to five, uh, you know, really, I, I have an incredible opportunity at Ole Miss, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, and it just, I mean, it just has to take an astronomical number for um, me to consider otherwise. It's just a strange time in baseball, too, because we all talk about wanting to get baseball back, but operationally, it's changed completely. The whole game has changed. And for guys like you, who would go into the draft and Otherwise, in those middle rounds, whatever it might be, a team could decide to overpay or whatever it might want to do to make sure that it met your number and got you signed. That has changed the game. Has it made it a little bit easier? Yeah, I mean, it does. You know, it makes it more black and white, like you said, because, you know, it's more condensed down. And it's just like, hey, you know, if if it if uh, the number looks good, then I'm going to look at it. But if not, you know, I have an incredible opportunity at Ole Miss, and, and I'm more than happy to do that. When you look at Ole Miss... 16 and one 
hadn't lost a game in 16 straight games. Did you watch a lot of them? Yeah. And thinking about that team, did it get you itching to join them and to go play with them? Yeah, you know, we were able to watch some of the games. You know, not all of them are, are on TV, or at least on the TV that we can get up here. But, yeah, you know, watching and following them all spring, uh, it really gets the itch to get going and, and get down there and be a part of that for sure. What's your personal goal in year one? Uh, my goal is just to help the team win. You know, whatever, you know, whether that be on the field, off the field, um, whatever I can do to help the team win, um, that's what I'm looking forward to do. And, and hopefully we can we can have a lot of success. Is it surreal to think that you're one step closer to the next step in your baseball career? Yeah, it it really is. Um, you know, time's kind of creeped up, especially being out of school. Um, you know, time kind of seems to fly by a lot faster than it would um, normally. But you know, to think in you know a month or two months, you know, everything can kind of be flipped upside down as you know different from where it is now. Um, it's definitely a surreal feeling and. But, you know, it's exciting, too, at the same time, and, and I'm looking forward to it. When you're not practicing and staying in baseball shape, what are you doing? What do you do to have fun during self-isolation and quarantine? Uh, well, I've been working um, quite a bit, too. Uh, no, that's with no my fun. Aunt landscaping. Yeah, with my aunt landscaping and with my dad. Um, but, no, I like, to, I like to hunt quite a bit. Um, it's turkey season right now, so we'll do that, and uh, we'll go fishing, but... Yeah, I like to go hunting and fishing quite a bit. Um, I like to do that a lot uh, in free time. You're going to fit in pretty good down here then. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. hope so. All right, so what's the relationship like with the coaches? Who did you get to know during the recruitment? You got to know all of them, but um, which coach really wanted out for you? Um, you know, I guess Coach Clem from, you know, being an Iowa guy, um, I got to get a really good relationship with Coach Clem. Um, and I remember throughout the recruiting process, he'd call me, you know, and we'd talk for – I mean, 35, 40, 45 minutes, um, and just kind of, t- I mean, just have a conversation, you know, just about baseball in general. And um, I felt like that, you know, Coach Clem really stood out to me. And then obviously meeting Coach Bianco and uh, Coach Laugh are incredible guys as well. Coach Laugh is is, is uh, hilarious. He's, he's a really good guy. Um, and then Coach Bianco is an incredible guy, um, first class. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't say enough good things about all three of them. Facilities wise, did that play into it too? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. With that new facility down the right field line there, that's, uh, that's, that's second to done. Um, I was able to see that, uh, fall or two ago, um, when I went down on a visit and, um, it, it, it's second to none. I, I just think that the whole, um, Ole Miss baseball program is, is second to none and, um, it's incredible. What do you most look forward to? Is it that stepping out on a Swayze field in front of 10,000? Is it your first at bat? What do you most look forward to? Yeah, I, I, I just feel like the thing I look uh, forward to the most is just being in that atmosphere and, and being able to play. Like you said, 10,000 people in Swayze field, um, you know, under the lights. I mean, it, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Is it going to be tough giving up football and basketball? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, foot basketball, I had, um, you know, I hadn't really played a whole lot the last few years, um, just with some things that were going on. Uh, but for football, yeah, that that's a tough one for me. Um, you know, we really enjoyed football. Uh, the small town football, I mean, it, Friday Night Lights, it's it's uh, it's second to none too. I mean, so yeah, but I'm really looking forward to to getting going on um, baseball here and. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. So do you think Ole Miss would have won a national championship this year? Oh, absolutely. I think I think they would have, uh, at, without a doubt, they would have been in Omaha, and they would have, um, I think they had, I mean, as good a shot as absolutely anybody um, to win. They had, they had the talent. They had, um, I mean, they had everything. They uh, had an incredible team. Hell, Anthony Servideo says they still would have only had one loss at this point. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't doubt it. They, uh, they, yeah, they were they were uh, they were on fire. They were looking really good. I know that in a usual year you'd have a plan for when you would arrive at Ole Miss, but knowing what we know and the uncertainty and in-person instruction and not having athletes back on campus, it's still up in the air. Whenever there is a ruling, when do you anticipate potentially getting back on campus or getting to campus? Excuse me. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Coach B and Laugh and and Clem or uh, yeah, and we had a Zoom meeting um, a few weeks ago and. 
And, um, you know, our original date, I believe, was June 28th, but um, that's going to be pushed back. So hopefully, you know, sometime in July uh, we can get down there and we can start getting after it, working out, and um, get on campus and uh, start working out. Zoom call-wise, has it allowed you to get to know your teammates and coaches a little bit better? Yeah, I would say a Zoom call um, was really good. But, yeah, I mean, we, you know, uh, we have group chats, you know, whatever, um, and we're able to get to know each other pretty well um, and stay in contact. So, yeah, you know, social media at this time is is a good thing, and um, we're able to still stay connected and talk back and forth with each other. Hell, that's how I got you on this podcast, through social media. So, Calvin, comes yeah. on. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick before I let yeah. you go. Um, I know that Coach Boone can't instruct you as far as watching you what you do with strength and conditioning, but have they given you a plan about what they want you to do? And if they have, what is that plan? Yeah, Coach Boone um, sent out a strength and conditioning thing um, for us. You know, they can't give anything. Like you said, he can't watch over us and, and you know, give us anything specific, but he just kind of gave us a plan lifting. Um, you know, he gave us a plan if we had access to weight room. He gave us a plan if we had uh, no access to weight room, body weight stuff. So, yeah, you know, he really he really uh, provided some really good workouts for us. Um, and then some conditioning workouts, sprinting workouts, um, dynamic warm-up stuff. So, you know, he, he threw everything at us. Um, obviously, in a general manner, he's not able to uh, watch over us right now. But, yeah, so he just kind of gave us any, everything um, that we could possibly need for this quarantine. Um, to get ready to go. He's Calvin Harris, Ole Miss baseball signing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We look forward to getting you down here in Oxford. And uh, stay safe out there, all right? Awesome. Thanks for having me. You too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.